It's Jax. What up, Dallas? Let's go. Martin Luther had a dream, but Freddy Krueger had a Ruger. Ex Malcolm hopped the picture, so now we back to the future. Now we back to these losers embracing death like they used to. Poking out they just, but listen, son, now you leaking that future. Huh? So who's the shooter? Hum, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? Huh? I would beg to differ. In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga. Plus, Biggie Smalls was just minding his business, yo. Smoking an Optimo. Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie, he's got to go. And they couldn't stop it, no, I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change, but man, I wish that we would So what a long frown, a man home from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now, damn George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be Fucking do what you want to do So I do what I want to do Bet you did it to floss Bitch, I did what I wanted Bet you did it and lost Bitch, I did it and won it Shit, I'm never coming back Listen, I just want to rap Gee, I told you all of that On about a dozen tracks I don't give a fuck I just, I just, I just want to rap Spitting fire on this track Like a fucking thundercat Plus this mic is bleeding Roho This shit is a no-no Rolling in that low-low Plus I'm from that ball Need a folk, folk, smoking on my logo Ready for the woe and we so-so Still with the flow, somebody got a woe Heard the lames and I swear they so-so Too much love for the fame, just to go broke You said like I had the rap game and the show card Never think I got the whole world in a rope Got to think of damn dog, you crazy Is he the next Jay-Z? My crystal ball is hazy, but I don't know, maybe Welcome back to Insane Trick Podcast It's your host, Chris here And um, I can go ahead and announce it This is the last Insanity Check of 2018 <laughs> I am going on an Insanity Check break for the rest of the year uh, so, um, yeah, we're doing the last one of these, uh, and joining me today is, uh, the, the group that was supposed to be here last week, I had, I had one half of them, I have, uh, microphone Shanti joining me, how are you doing, man? She's, I think she's on mute right now, we walked away, and also Justin is finally here, he's supposed to be on last week, we got Justin on, what's going on, Justin? What's going on, what's going on? Nothing much, glad to have and you hey, sorry, here. I'm here. Yeah, I kind of figured you just had yourself muted, you know. I know you multitask, so it's fine. But um, yeah, we're back, uh, and uh, we're gonna deal with this week of insanity. Uh, there's a lot of random things going on. I'm kind of avoiding some of the bigger, bigger, more draining things um, that that have been going on. Um, but you know what? We're gonna start right at the gate with something here. Um, I don't normally do this. I don't normally start with a great woman of white privilege, but uh, this is one of the we we've been covering this. We've covered aspects of this story before. And the latest plot twist in it, I think, really just kind of sums up, and we just need to go ahead and play that music. So, yes, we're starting this Insanity Check, the last one of 2018, with its very own Great Moments of White Privilege, because, oh, this is a doozy. Um, New Jersey couple and homeless man who raised hundreds of thousands on GoFundMe accused of making the entire story up to scam people now this is a story that we covered oof. then we covered the, the i didn't cover the the first time when the gofundme went up but when there was this, uh what was the name of the man um johnny bobbitt was johnny bobbitt jr was a marine veteran who uh i think the the, the story was he helped um kate mcclure 
when she was uh, on the side of a road and they raised like $420,000 in GoFundMe donations. Well, it started coming out that they didn't give him his cut of the money. They didn't give him any of the money. And they were out here buying, you know, uh, new cars and going on vacations and all this stuff. And, you know, people took the side of John Bobbitt, Johnny Bobbitt, like, hey, they stole this money from this man. I know they did a whole thing where they brought him on. I think they brought her on the, the, the couple on um, Good Morning America or something like that. So um, this is when um, not paying everybody is part of the scam makes the scam fall apart. Uh, a New Jersey couple who raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for a homeless Good Samaritan in an online fundraiser last year actually plotted with the man to make up the fictional story, prosecutors say. Mark D'Amico uh, De- 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 and Kate McClure appeared to create a GoFundMe campaign in an effort to assist homeless Marine veteran Johnny Bobbitt Jr., who actually all three, uh, when actually all three were in the plan to trick unsuspecting donors according to a complaint filed in court obtained by NBC News. The three accumulated more than $402,000 in donations from more than, uh, than 14,000 people. They're able to trick the donors by preventing donors from, act, uh, from acquiring information about the campaign and his background and failing to correct their story, according to complaint. The story began, uh, began last fall when it was reported that McClure's car ran out of gas in Philadelphia, and she was assisted by Bobbitt, who was at the time homeless. Bobbitt reportedly gave McClure his last $20, and she repaid him by setting up a GoFundMe account for him and uh, D'Amico. Uh, Bobbitt's uh, kind deed became a viral sensation and spurred hundreds of thousands of donations. But it was later reported that the couple was withholding the funds from Bobbitt when he was uh, still, and that he was still a drug addicted. Uh, he was still drug addicted and living on the streets. Bobbitt accused the couple of withholding the money from him and using him as a personal piggy bank. Bobbitt's co- uh, attorney alleged the couple spent some of the money on a BMW and luxury vacations. Bobbitt sued, and in August, a judge ordered the couple to turn over all remaining money that had been donated. All three are now facing charges, including conspiracy and theft by deception. A lawyer for the couple comment had no uh, a lawyer for the couple had no comment Thursday, and in turn for Bobbitt could not immediately be reached for comment. I, I, I just wait. wow! It was the perfect crime. It it was the perfect crime. Yo, GoFundMe. Yo, this is gonna be a, this is a big deal with GoFundMe now, right? GoFundMe yeah. is becoming the go-to platform for scamming people. Because here's the thing: if you come up with a sob story on GoFundMe, who is anybody to say it's not true? If I throw up a GoFundMe saying, "Hey, listen, you know, I have this illness and I can't afford uh, to pay for it," you know, who are you to question whether I do or not? And people will give the money. It's like that. The the uh, we had the reverse last week with that um, that 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 uh, black woman who put up the the, go, the uh, MAGA hat and was like, "Yeah, you know, I got kicked out of my house because I, I'm I'm a Trump supporter." And all the Trump supporters uh, gave her money, and it turned out that well, actually, she didn't. She wasn't really a Trump supporter. She was just scamming them. It, like you said, it's the perfect crime. Like it really is the perfect crime, and these three had it. But uh, as with all crimes. Greed gets in the way. Yo, you gotta. Pay, they honestly could have gotten away with this. Yo, yo, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay, pay, pay everybody equally. It's four hundred and two thousand dollars. You mean to tell me you guys couldn't split that among yourself? Because honestly, the uh, the other couple, they're a couple, so you guys only really need two hundred thousand. Give him two hundred thousand. You guys go about your business. Nobody says a goddamn word. Nobody says a nobody says a damn thing. How how why is it that hard? Instead. 
they really they they try to scam the scammers that they were scamming with. Never works, guys. Never works. And never scam a scammer. And it's just it's just such a white story, right? Because all three of them are white. It's just so it's just so white. This idea of you know coming up with because it's not like they were struggling, right? Like the homeless guy was, but a couple they weren't really struggling like that. They come up with a, a plan and a plot to to take over. And 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 again. This goes and goes down to why some people don't help. Why don't you give, like, I don't give to random GoFundMe if I don't know the person, to be perfectly honest. I don't. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, it shouldn't have to be that way, right? You should be able to, if you have it and you can support other people, you, you should be able to, you know, do it and not feel bad about it. But you have to literally worry about people out here really scamming. Scamming and getting away with it. I mean, shit. The, the, Go ahead. The, the thing that gets me is, like, have they never seen a heist movie before? Right? Like, when when you have a heist movie, one of the things that will bring down the heist is people in on the heist getting too greedy for their own good. Right? Like, every great scam movie involves one person getting too greedy and the scam falling apart. How, how did you not do your homework on this? Like, I, I'm, I'm just in awe that their own greed and ineptitude cost them $400,000, and it's not probably, it, like, it may result in actual time. Right. Yo, first of all, don't buy the new car or the vacation right after you do it, right? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta get your money. And look, here's the thing. If you're gonna do, do the crime in the United States, once you get your money, you get the fuck out of here. You gotta, get, you gotta leave. You gotta leave. You can't stay. Can't keep it inside. You, you, you can't be Brett Kavanaugh. You, you can't have all your debts mysteriously disappear. Uh, the day after you contact someone, right? You, you got to space that shit out. Especially you, got, if you, you, you have to launder your yeah. money. You got to launder the dirty money to make it clean money. Then you can start doing this expenditures. Get an offshore bank account, maybe. I don't know how hard that is, but you're white. It should be pretty easy for y'all. Just call up uh, the offshore bank and say, hello, offshore bank. I would like one of your illegal <laughs> bank accounts for my illegal money. I'm, I'm white. I'm sure they just hand them <laughs> right, out. Right, right. By the way, I'm white. Oh, well, why didn't you say so, sir, madam? You know? <laughs> we'll get right on that, you know. You know, we were looking at your name. We weren't really sure if you were white or not, but now that you say you're white, well, come right on down. We have all the legal money you can store. You know, um, I don't know. It's it's always weird to me how you know it goes back to this idea that criminals are dumb because it, the smart criminals you never hear about. The smart criminals are the ones that get away with, it and you just never you you never hear about their crimes and what they did because they they go with it to the depth because they're smart enough to realize like, oh yeah, don't talk about that shit. The dumb ones are the ones that go out here and do this this dumb shit and then start beefing amongst themselves. It's like, yo, like you said, if you kept your mouths fucking shut, everybody fucking wins. You know? But you know what it is? They try to shortchange the homeless guy, and the homeless guy was like, I'm not that dumb. And then he started making noise. Then he get his money back, and now all of a sudden, everybody's going down. Because now, now people are like, wait a minute. This story doesn't make any fucking sense. Now you got people looking at your story. Cheap, yo! It's 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 cheaper to pay them off. What is um? Yo, it, it is cheaper to pay them off. Yo, the it's pay, the payoff is always cheaper. You know what it reminds me of? I love the movie The Prestige, and he tells him it's like, oh, no. when, when 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 old boy figures out that 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 they were that he's getting he's not getting paid enough, he was like, all right, cool, it's done. We can't do that no more. He's like, what are you talking? About? I was like, no, 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 no. We got to once because now we pay him. Now that he knows, it's over. We can't do. We can't go back to that well again. Like it's we paid him off. We keep it quiet. We move on to something else. We can't use them anymore. 
Because now we had now the power dynamics have changed. It's just cheap. It's cheaper to pay them off and keep moving. And you see what happens when you don't. Like it's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh. Yo, the prestige really is like the scammers how to. It no, it is. Yo, it's. I love the prestige. I got you know what? I'm gonna have to watch it again this weekend now because it's. I love that fucking movie so much. And you're right. It really is the how to how to scam. <laughs> And sometimes you, you got to be willing to kill yourself uh, version but, of yourself. But that's the thing, right? That's the thing about scamming. People want to scam and like also have like no risk, but then they take all the risk. It's like, no, it's you have to be willing to go down with the scam. Like you got to go. You got to literally die with the lie. You got to die with the lie. You got you, you got to die with the lie. Like in that again, one of the greatest things about the prestige is they literally say it's like, no, 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 no. He's always scamming. That that the Chinese dude, he was like, he's like, no, this is the performance. Like, he's always scamming. He's always pretending like he's an old Chinese guy that has no strength. That's the scam. Like, you got to do it when everybody looks. Even even when you think nobody's looking, they're looking. That's how you got to do it, right? And um, yeah, a lot of these scammers don't don't understand that they uh, they want to get in cheap, you know, and, and and not 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 die with a lie. You got to die with a lie, yo. I mean, I'm glad that they don't. I'm glad more people don't die with a lie because it gives us something to talk about and it gives us, you know, it means it keeps a lot of people from trying to scam because a lot of people ain't, ain't worth that, ain't, ain't down with that life. So, yeah. So. Anyway, um, speaking of scamming, and I know you brought this up, uh, Brian Kemp down in, in Georgia really did steal an election. And I think we just have to, we don't need to de- delve into it too much, but I think it's just very, very important that we all. I know Stacey Abrams went ahead and you can say she conceded. She acknowledged that he will be governor. I think she did, a, did, did the best way, but basically didn't, did not legitimize it. Basically saying he's stolen an election. Yeah. Like, so I watched the entire speech. I, I loved Stacey Abrams from the moment she announced her candidacy. Cause I got my people in, in Georgia and people in Atlanta were like, Oh no, she's the real deal. I was like, okay, cool. I trust y'all. Then I started listening to her, reading about her, and like, oh, yo, she's like really about this. She would be great for the state of Georgia. She got up there and said, I'm not conceding because when you concede, that acknowledges that what happened was right. Nah, this this isn't right. Like, you stole an election. Um, and I see people contrasting that to Andrew Gillum. Gillum conceded, but then the minute he conceded, he called his lawyers and said, now nah, uh, get work on that recount. Uh, We're we, we going to see if we can flip this. Yeah, just, just, just. But you conceded. That means nothing. That means nothing. Get get the lawyers. Get the lawyers. We got this. Um, got George this. W. Bush conceded. Yeah. Like, like, people forget that part. Bush actually conceded. And they was like, oh, wait, I have a chance? Nah, run that back. The, le- the election was back. called for Gore. People keep forgetting that. It was called for Gore. Like, it, he won that election. And then we went through the whole fuckery because Florida is Florida, you know, and never change. I want to say never change Florida only because I know you won't. But please change Florida because you need to. Every time Florida starts to make inches towards changing, like Gillum's election was a long shot. And then he started debating DeSantis and we're like, oh, God, he could actually win this thing. And then suddenly all of Rick Scott's uh, voter suppression efforts that were shot down in 2010 and 12 started popping back up again. Um, There's like, oh, okay, Rick Scott's he called Rick Scott and said, hey, um, if you can just shut down those polling stations in Broward and Palm Beach County. Uh, mm-hmm. Might want to do Dade County, too, just to be sure. Uh, now, nah, Duval's fine. Duval's fine. We got enough, we got enough rednecks in Duval. We're, we're good in Duval. Um, just where the black people are. We need to make it so that they can't vote. Um, and that's what, like, Brian Kemp stole an election. Rick Scott also did the same. 
Yeah, um, well, right, like that. I, I love the new thing at a at a at a Florida, which is Broward County uh, submitted their recount numbers two minutes late, so that they don't count now. And I'm like, how is that a thing? Right, and the judge. So the that I've been following that one closely because I got I have a lot of family in Florida, and they. The, they filed the injunction. They got the extension to 3 p.m. They had called the court and said, yo, we're on the way. There's traffic. We'll get there at like 3.05. And they said, nope, doesn't count. And I'm like, that is fucking acidine. Right? Like, there, there is letter of the law and spirit of the law. Spirit of the law is clearly they had the numbers in. They got held up. You can let them walk in the door. Right. Right? It, but, it, it, yeah. It, it's just one of the things. This is why we say elections matter because yeah. that 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 judge is going to be there right yeah. like the judge that ruled on that he's not going anywhere yeah no i mean th- this is the thing again and we talked about this last week with voting and like if you again if you are able body and able to vote you should vote because they clearly are trying hard to make sure that people can't vote it is very, very clear that they do not want all the votes counted. Down to the idea of, and it wasn't just you know Florida and Georgia, but you had all these. Uh, I, I know uh, I believe Mia L- uh, Love did this. A bunch of other uh, like Republicans who lost started basically suggesting that trying to count all the votes equals voter su- e- equals voter fraud, which is just so what. Well, that's right out of the Jeff Sessions playbook, right? Like, right. Jeff Sessions was nominated to the DOJ to do two things. One, cover up Trump's crime. He didn't do that, and that got him in trouble. But he was more focused on the racism and voter suppression. That's his thing. They set up the Voter Fraud Commission to help these states enforce their voter suppression laws. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sessions built his career in Alabama preventing black people from voting up until 1990. Yep. That is his thing. If a black person votes in Alabama through Jeff Sessions, that is a crime. And he has made it his life's mission to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's just, again, like I said this last week, like I get when people feel, why people feel a certain way that the system doesn't work in their favor. And it's because, well, you know, Republicans and conservatives have worked over time to make sure that that system you know, does not count their vo- their, their, their votes or their voices. I mean, just what it is. Which is all the more reason why if you can vote, you should vote to make sure that stuff doesn't happen. Or at least to put some kind of um, uh, pressure in place to overturn that kind of stuff. Because they're clearly, clearly working to to suppress these things. Like it's just so very clear. It's like, and, and it becomes one of those things that's just, it's so laughable when you see all these Republicans talking about this stuff. It's like, wait, what you, you, you cannot, you can, you cannot count the number of times voters voter fraud has actually happened. You can't name them. like the, the, the thing about this election, this, this midterm section is you can, the, the Republicans haven't actually pre- pre- presented any actual evidence of any kind of voter fraud. Now we have plenty of evidence of voter suppression. We have pr- plenty of, of, of evidence of the fact that anybody who is black or brown is, and uh, in, in they're in these areas, they're, they're having trouble getting access to votes and, and having their votes counted. But you can't actually point to 
um, any actual voter fraud. What? What? Where, where's um? What's what's it? Uh, Clo- what is the dude who's uh, Klobuchar or whatever the fuck his name is? The dude from is he from Ohio or something like that? The one that's on Trump's voter voter fraud commission or something like that. I can't remember his fucking name. Um, but he's the same thing. It's like he has this whole thing where he's working. Oh, we got to stop voter fraud. We got to stop voter fraud. Voter fraud cannot provide any actual evidence of voter fraud. Uh, if you humor me, I actually have a documented case of voter fraud that happened in 2016. If oh, you would humor me. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I think I knew you were talking about, too. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, I'll this one. Uh, in Greeley, Colorado, the former chairman of the Colorado Republican Party was sentenced to four years of probation and 300 hours of community service for voter fraud. Steve Curtis blamed a major diabetic episode for causing him to vote his ex-wife's absentee ballot in October 2016. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there, there, there's clearly voter fraud happening um, with Republican, with members of the Republican Party having diabetic episodes that cause them to perfectly fill out their ex-wife's absentee ballot. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that one. <laughs> and it was Chris uh, Kobach. He lost his uh, gov- Kansas governor race to a Democrat. Um, there was Scott Walker, who also put in voter expression laws and changed it so that um, it doesn't, you don't get, you can't get an automatic re- recount. You don't get an automatic recount at the race within like 1% or something like that. And he actually lost his race by 1%. So his own law prevented him from being able to get a recount, which I'm like, poetic justice. And you know what's funny? The recount probably would have went in his favor. Like, if they actually had a recount in Wisconsin, he probably would have won. Yeah, yeah. But he rigged the system so hard, he locked himself out of it. Like, I'm, the the reports of them having the watch party, and everyone just chilling and laughing, and then they announced, yeah, Scott Walker lost. Everybody cuts the music. Everyone's dead silent. It never occurred to Scott Walker that he could actually lose this election. Like, that thought never entered his mind. hmm Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. I'm so glad he's gone. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, you know, we talk about the losses of things like, but here's the thing, you know, I look at it like this. The governor race, you know, Abrams didn't win, but she got really close. And I, I'm not one of those people to sit there and, and make it seem like, oh, well, you know, you know, uh, uh, you know, a consolation prize, and we should be, you know, you, you put in a lot of work, and it's okay. It's not okay. You know, she should have won, and she probably would have won if not for a, like, literally a cheated. And so, to me, I think it is, it, it, sh- it should be seen as a, as a good sign that a black woman with progressive views was able to almost win, you know, win as a governor in a state that literally had to, before our very eyes, and that's the thing about this, right? They weren't even trying to hide it. <laughs> like, they were doing it in front of our faces. Like, Kemp basically Brian, oversaw Brian his Kemp own. is on tape saying, we're worried that everyone will exercise their right to vote. When that audio came out, he didn't even deny that he said it. He was just like, I mean, am I wrong, though? And the collective discussion around was just like, oh, well, you know, he said the thing, but, you know, what does that mean? It means that he doesn't want people to vote, right? Like, the, the, the national discussion around Brian Kemp is, yes, he's stealing these votes. But I'm like, do you guys register with what's actually happening? He is infringing upon a right guaranteed by constitutional amendments for black people to vote. He is instituting methods and practices that were enforced in the 50s to prevent or to uh, discourage black people from voting. A bus full of seniors 
was pulled over by the cops and said, mm-hmm. y'all can't vote. What People that lived through the first civil rights era mm-hmm. and have been voting since the installation of the Voting Rights Act were pulled off the, were pulled off of their bus by cops. It, 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 it's funny to me because everything they said that everything they said that wasn't going to happen when the Voting Rights Act got, you know, uh, didn't get renewed has happened. Which is like, oh, John wow. Roberts actually said in a Supreme Court decision that is documented. We elected Barack Obama, so things aren't as bad as they were before. You fucking idiot. Like, it, like I, I went back, every time we, we bring this up on the show, I go back and read that decision from John Roberts. And he basically says, you know, we've made strides. More black people are voting now more than ever. And I'm like, yes, that's proof that it's working. So you're, the conclusion that you draw from the success <laughs> of the Voting Rights Act, Section 5, is it worked. We don't need it anymore. Right, Not right. maybe the things that are in there are what's helping all these people vote. It's now it's taken away. It's good. It worked. Well, we're, we're I, well, well honestly, if, if you're thinking about it from the white conservative point of view, he, he actually, he's, he's right. Yeah, it's working, so we don't need it anymore. When you think about it from their you know point of view, we don't you know want to that is the same argument Jay Nixon made when he argued against integration in the 90s in Missouri. Mm-hmm. He said, black people are in public schools now. Integration worked, so we don't have to integrate anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, wait, what? Um, Democrat Jay Especially Nixon, Especially funny, considering it was black people that had to do the work of desegregation anyway. So, like, they were busing white kids to black schools. Right. Always, It's always on us for some reason. Mm-hmm. Wonder why that is. Because racist white people are. Because white people can't mule for themselves for shit. No, not absolutely not. Not, not, not absolutely not. But you know, it's it's one of the things that I think is important because again, I kind of talked about this last week. The whole it's it's a non-issue. Look, I'm I'll be very very shocked if Nancy Pelosi is not going to be Speaker of the House. You know, come next year, like it's. I, I've I've watched as this go down and with like it's as an I call it a non-issue because people were like the minute that the articles came out saying that she might be in trouble like literally three or four days after that some of the progressives and that were supposedly voting against her came out and basically was like oh no we had a good conversation with Nancy Pelosi we look forward to working with her next year I'm like yeah yeah she she basically I guarantee you, you know what happened Nancy Pelosi called them in her office like the principal and yeah. said all right that's cute you got a couple headlines for yourself. You're gonna get the fucking line, aren't you? Yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. I'm happy again, ma'am. That's the fuck I thought. But but like um, it, 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 it's it's a, it, I bring it up because it, it when I was seeing people talk like okay putting aside the, the 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 base of this, which is obviously sexism, sexism and ageism. It's the same thing that was directed at you know Hillary Clinton, and not saying that you cannot have. I always have to put this caveat in front of them. Not saying you cannot have. You know, uh, criticism of these people, of these women, not saying you can't, you know, have major issues with them and want to, and want to hold them accountable and do do better. But I have to wonder why it's always the women you go after hard, this hard, not the men, right? Um, putting Stenny that as, Hoyer is right there. Like how how long has Steny Hoyer been the whip? Right, he's oh. right there, guys, and no one ever brings up Steny Hoyer for some reason. I think this week that people started realizing that it was sexist because you started seeing quietly a trickle, not where near the stuff you got toward Nancy Pelosi. You got a trickle of people going, hey, wait a minute. Chuck Schumer actually lost seats in the Senate and really does work with Trump and doesn't say anything. 
wait a minute, shouldn't we get rid of Chuck Schumer too? Maybe, possibly, yeah. But it's not as hard. It's not as heavy as you hear people saying, oh, no, we need to get rid of Nancy Pelosi. It's like, why? Chuck Schumer. I have issues with Harry Reid. I think he's far too centrist. Mm -hmm. But at a minimum, he actually did, like, he actually ran the Senate and actually worked with Democrats and had an agenda and did the, the, the duties of Senate leader for his party. Chuck Schumer's John Boehner. What is he doing? Uh, right? When John Boehner was Speaker of the House, he was, until Paul Ryan took over, the worst Speaker of the House ever. <laughs> he was disorganized. They had no coherent message. His thing was, I can ride this racism wave to get us seats. All right, what about an agenda? Um, I got nothing for you on that, but I can get you seats. Right? Chuck, like, Chuck, what Schumer, did Chuck Schumer couldn't even get seats. What is he doing? He's handed Trump how many federal judgeships with no resistance? But that's but that's the thing, right? People get mad at Democrats. They'll say Democrats as a whole, and then they'll shoot over to Nancy Pelosi. And I'm like, do you guys understand what the House has done? Like, people go, like, I had I had to bring this up, and I I didn't want you engage with them. It was it was somebody on on my on my page, and I would, I just said okay. I was like, I'm not engaging with this because I'm not I'm not having these conversations again. But he brought up was like, well, Nancy Pelosi lost all those seats in 2010. I was like, you guys do realize she lost all those seats because he told those people to vote for a health care bill or else. So basically, she chose them losing their seat versus millions of people getting health care. She made the right choice. But besides that, it's like the people that they the, the, the seats that we lost in the House those years, most of them were not progressive seats. So if you are a progressive and you are using that as a knock against Nancy Pelosi, when after we lost those seats, the House came any even more progressive because all that was left was really progressive voices, which also allowed Nancy Pelosi to back for, uh, Barack Obama's more progressive agenda. Like, we got a more progressive agenda after they lost those seats. Because you didn't have to worry about, you didn't have to worry about trying to appease, you know, centrist Democrats because they weren't any of them there. When we lost a, when we lost a supermajority in the Senate, you lost blue dog Democrats. So, yeah, we lost seats, but this is one of those things where you lost seats, but you kind of gained something. So are you really upset? Like, so what do you want? Like, and I feel like so many people, when they talk about the left and the Democrats, they don't understand what they want. It's like, do you want more? Do you want more? Do you want a more progressive caucus? If the answer is yes, you've gotten that. Yes, you've lost some seats and you're going to try to win those back. Now you're trying you're now you're starting to win with some of these um these the, the new House Democrats and and eventually you know with the Senate like even with the the, the senators we lost we didn't win those, some of those Senate races but the Senate races you had were like Beto with with um uh, uh with some other senators you had more progressive senators Democrats running than than not that's a good thing and they were running competitively that's a good thing. Yeah, you don't have the numbers, but like, isn't that what you want? And Chuck Schumer is not it. Chuck Schumer is not progressive at all. You know, he basically follows the lead of Nancy Pelosi uh, when it comes to progressive issues uh, that they have to work with when he has to work with the House. But other than that, Chuck doesn't. Chuck Chuck is he sucks. Like he's really bad. Like, so, so Mitch McConnell laid out the blueprint for a minority party to obstruct, right? He laid out the blueprint. Chuck Schumer looked at that and said, oh, that's neat. Like, he said, oh, that's neat. 
and he's done nothing with it, right? And, and, and so people bring up 2010. 2010 was like a perfect storm of issues. You had Nancy Pelosi saying, you're going to lose seats for voting for this bill, but we're going to get this bill across. Uh, you had people like Ed Schultz actually saying, we shouldn't vote for Democrats in, 20, in the midterms to teach Barack Obama a lesson for not being the magic Negro and fixing everything in a year. That was a thing that actually happened. Uh, and then you also had Democrats being afraid of white racists and deciding it was safer for them to campaign away from Barack Obama. And then when they realized that that wasn't working, they tried to run back to him at the last minute, but it was too late by then. So they blamed Barack Obama for losing those seats. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know how you blame that on Nancy. Oh, I, I, right? I see like the if, woman. If, if, if you're going to blame Nancy for that, then you also have to give Nancy credit for ushering in the two greatest gains, uh, the two greatest Democratic gains in the House since she's been speaker, 2006 and uh, this last election. Mm-hmm. So you can't have it both ways, right? Like if you say, okay, so she, she lost the season 2010. Yeah, she also gave you record numbers in 2006 and 2018. It also gave you a health care bill. And a, a, yeah, she gave you the health care bill. Why don't we have universal? Why don't we have single payer? Not Nancy Pelosi. The Senate. Harry Reid took out single payer. The, sen- the Senate. That, that's, yeah. I mean, but, it, but it goes, it goes back to this idea that people don't, people don't understand how the, how, how, the government works in the first place. And so, you know, Nancy Pelosi has a negative uh, 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 right-wing, you know, hit job on her just like Hillary Clinton did. So people immediately go, oh, well, no, she's the issue. And I'm like, actually, no, she's not. When you look at the things she's actually gotten done and accomplished. But even beyond that, it's like you have to understand you – Somebody said this, and I was like, I think that I, I will say this. This is a good, I wouldn't say not, but a good criticism, if you will, of Nancy Pelosi is she sometimes has a, it's a bad PR thing. It's the same thing with with, with Hillary Clinton. It's not all their their fault, but I also realize why they they can't really show their hand. It's this idea when she came out and said, you know, oh, we look forward, to, we'll we'll we look forward to working with Trump in a bipartisan manner, right? And everybody was like, oh, how dare you say you're going to work with Trump? How dare you? I'm like. All right, you guys looking at what she said there, but look at who she's working with and what they're going to be doing. That means all the Democrats that are underneath her who are now going to be heads of their committees, you know, they're going to be doing the same thing they've been trying to do as a minority party, but this time they're going to actually have actual power. They're going to have subpoena power. You know, so the weeks, so the days after Nancy Pelosi said that, you didn't see different Democrats underneath her, and they were going to be the new cha- heads of these the uh, new new chairpersons of these of these committees doing things like, okay, we're going to be subpoenaing this, we're going to be subpoenaing this, we're going to be going for this, we're going to be holding this of accountable. It's like she's saying what you have to do because I brought this up before. Republicans don't try to; they're not trying to govern or lead. The, the goal of Republicans when they get into office is to get their issues done, damn actually being leaders and governing anything. And yeah, they're trying to rule by fiat. Right. That's really all they're trying to do and be. And so when you are actually trying to lead and actually govern, you have to do certain things. And a lot of people go, well, why can't Democrats just do what Republicans do? It's like, you don't want that because Republicans are actually, ter- they don't care. Republicans don't care who they hurt. They will hurt themselves. We've seen it. You know, with the, we go back to Scott Walker. They will hurt themselves. <laughs> you know, 
just to, to stick to their principle what it is, you don't want Democrats to do that. And I always see people go, oh, well, I'm not, that's not what I want. I just want Democrats to put some fight into them. I'm like, how? What, what, what do you want them to do outside of, you know, you can sit there and say that you want them to shut down the government and not, not operate like, uh, not no, do like do like the Republicans did under Obama. But then, what did Obama have to do? Obama had to go and do a bunch of uh, executive orders, which again, executive orders can be overturned. But you still that that still means in that immediate time, Trump's going to be issuing more executive orders that could get people fucked up. So, like uh, uh, the Barack Obama executive order thing. Remember that option was on the table in twenty before the shutdown, and he said explicitly said. I don't want to have to do this because it will set a bad precedent for the guy that comes after me, but I will if you can't get your shit together. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get their shit together, so we started passing all those executive orders. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't... like. I'm with you. I don't know what else... I don't know how they want House Democrats to fight. Right? Like, I don't... I think they have unrealistic expectations of what they can actually do. So that the, there's talk about, oh, they should impeach Trump. I'm like, they can't. Okay. Well, the, I mean, they can't. Let, let's but play this out. Right. Right? They, they can formally impeach him or whatever, and then pass it up to the Senate. Who will, Mitch McConnell will either laugh at it and never <laughs> act on it or use the Senate to absolve Trump and say, oh, see, you impeached him, but we found him not guilty. So the system worked. What was gained from that? But I think that also comes back to the other thing too is like as a as a populist, we're not informed of how the government works. So I see people say that all the time, and I'm like, but like to 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 so the House could impeach him, but that that doesn't impeaching a president doesn't mean shit. Bill Clinton was impeached. Like I don't think people know what impeachment means. It's like people don't understand what these these words means or how this stuff works. I also think that people forget that. Um, it's that thing of, you know, proving a negative is easier. You know, you can't, well, not, not easier, but you can't prove a negative, you know? And, 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 and with the government, the Republicans have one job. Their job are to get these things done. Damn who gets hurt. We don't really care. When you operate that way, it's so much easier to look like you're actually getting things done. When you don't actually care about people, it's easy. Democrats don't have that job. They also have a more diverse, um, there's also a more diverse uh, constituent on the Democratic side, which means you have to make sure that, okay, we do this bill here, but that might hurt the, you know, perfect example. Um, uh, uh, the things that uh, people bring up with uh, Camilla, um, Camilla Harris and her, her bill that shut down uh, Backpage and the anti-sex trafficking laws, right? Like on one side, you're looking at like, that's actually a good idea because like it shuts down you know, it, it it has good intentions, right? It's shutting down uh, um, human trafficking, particularly sex trafficking for young girls and young boys and things like that. But the flip side of it is you have to look at it, the fact that there are actually sex workers out there that this bill actually hurts and puts in danger. Like Democrats have to operate on, on, on a plane in which they have to balance those sometimes opposing views or that are way more complicated than if you're a Republican, you just go and put the bill in the place and you don't give a shit anymore, right? And then you you get praise for it. Whereas on the Democratic side, you're like, okay, you did that, but it also hurt X, Y, and Z over here. You need to fix that now. And we're going to hold you accountable because you only did a half job. It's like, it's so much harder to do the right thing here. 
Well, also, so like, let's talk about the back page thing. Uh, they passed the bill, good intentions, still had a negative impact. It is up to the populace at that point to say, hey, Senator Harris, you wanted to do a good thing. That thing, that good thing you wanted to do also endangered people. Here's a pathway to help the people that you that you inadvertently endangered by doing this, which would be specifically for Backpage, allowing sex workers to unionize. If sex workers can unionize, that fixes a whole slew of issues because now they have federal, now they have protections Wait, and they, is, they have is unions, sex they have lawyers. Work, is sex work legal in California? Well, that's the other thing. Too. The first thing is to legalize sex work, I think. Yeah, it, precisely. Right. Beyond even just unionizing, but they, it, it, it should be one of the things that gets legalized along with. But again, when you look at conservatives, conservatives don't have conservatives don't have to have that conversation, right? They're never going to have to have that conversation about legalizing sex work. They'll immediately fall into their fire and brimstone conservative side and say fuck it. Democrats have to consider something like that. They actually have to like you actually have to be progressive. You actually have to make progress, right? And that is a lot more difficult because again. Even if you make slow progress to people that are oppressed, slow progress isn't fast enough. It's never fast enough. And so Democrats on that have to deal, have to juggle that, that dynamic. Republicans don't. And they never will. Republicans have to be, they, they get praise for taking things away. And it's easy to take something away. It really is. And the, the laws of this country make it really easy to take rights away, unfortunately. Um... And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just, just, it's, it, it's one of those things that it, it just bothers me that I, I don't see people thinking more critically about what they say when they say, you know, go back to the Nancy Pelosi thing was like, everybody's like, oh yeah, she's in trouble. She's going to, and then you're like, but who are they going to replace her with? And they're like, oh, we don't really know. Then she's not in trouble. Well, so that's, that's, that's the other thing. Who else in the house is qualified to do Nancy Pelosi's job? I can think of one other person, and she doesn't want Nancy's job because mm-hmm. that, that's her homegirl, like Maxine Waters. Which the one eighty, three sixty, whatever the proper term is that Maxine Waters has done on her image since Barack Obama, like it, that's never not funny to me. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I rem- I remember in twenty was it twenty ten or twenty eleven when she was like. Well, we're waiting on you, Mr. President. We 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 want direction for the CBC, and and Barack mm-hmm. was like, "Yeah, when you bring me your agenda, I'll work <laughs> on it." But that's kind of your job, CBC, to make an agenda. Like I mm-hmm. I remember when we all collectively did not like Maxine Waters. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Well, we didn't like the we didn't like the CBC because <laughs> well, they had that they had the, seriously. The, the only time you do like the CBC is when it's CBC week and you go to all the receptions and stuff, all the free food and drinks. Well, I remember half the CBC and phone did, networking yeah. opportunities. Remember, yeah, I remember half the CBC didn't back Obama in the first year. They backed it. They backed it with Clinton, and they had an issue with 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 with. I remember they had an issue with with Obama because he was beating Hillary Clinton. So we remember, like Pepper's Farms remembers. So you said like this 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 uh this one eighty Farms, you stupid. Right, come on. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's uh, just—I don't know. It's—it's just—it's just funny to me. It just—I—I—I, along with you know, wanting people to vote, I want also people to understand. I think a lot of people have gotten, you know, Barack Obama got brought a lot of people into you know politics, but I think a lot of people didn't understand how the politics worked, and a lot of people saw that the that is way more complicated than than they thought, and they got frustrated. And I'm not upset at them for for being frustrated, but I do wish they would understand 
you know, how the system works and, and why it's working this way. And it's not always just, oh, because, you know, we're a white supremacist society. That's part of it, yes. But it's also the idea of you get, shit, you get your family members into a room and try to make a decision on something. See how hard it is sometimes, right? You have different opinions, different views. Like, shit, you ever, shit, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up. Trying to get somebody, trying to get the family's input on a, on a Thanksgiving dinner sometimes, be a fucking mess. You know, you got to worry about this issue over here, somebody's allergies over here, somebody's food allergies and things like that. It can be a problem. That's, and now imagine doing that with hundreds of millions of people. So, and there's only so much space on the table. Right. And, and so even outside of, you know, white supremacy and things like that, you're going to run into issues of somebody is going to feel like they're not getting their, their fair shake. And that's just the nature of it. The, the, the thing you can do is to mitigate it. That's just part of living in society. And so um, one thing that I think we can all agree, though, on whether you're, you know, extreme left or not, um, I think we can all agree that Van Jones is one of those black liberals that none of us fuck with. For the love of God, get that what man out of I, I... Like, Ever since he got fired from his um, White House job, I it's what is going on with you? This what is, is his problem? This is why when he was, he used to get those, uh, be sitting on CNN, you know, getting, you know, getting frustrated with Jeffrey Lord sitting where they were sitting next to Jeffrey Lord. And he had to do That's why I never really, um, I never really felt bad for him because I'm like, Van Jones is putting himself in this position. Cause Van Jones is a piece of shit. Van Jones is such an opportunist. And so he recently this week was talking about, you know, and again, I just want to be, just so we're clear, the first up act that he's talking about, that Van Jones is talking about, this, this criminal justice reform act, Trump did not sign it. Trump just... Talking about give the man his due. Trump just kind of said that he supports it, but it still has to go through the Senate. It still has to, like, dude, do you, do you think that, like, it's just this idea that he, for some reason, it's... Van Jones would never give Barack Obama or any or Hillary Clinton or anybody the kind of leeway he's giving Trump right now. And it's the kind of leftist shit that drives me fucking crazy. This idea that, you know, somebody on the right, basically what, what, what Van Jones did with this first step act, the same thing that you saw with a uh, uh, um, dude from the Young Turks did when, when Trump announced that carrier deal. He's like, oh, yeah, he did that video. Uh, you guys said it was like, oh, yeah, Obama would never do this. This is what Trump did. I've been saying that Trump should do this. Then you find out that the care deal was actually full of shit and Trump was full of shit because Trump is always full of shit. Um, so a popular defense of uh, President Trump for his support is that, is that his critics will never give him credit, even when he behaves as, as other presidents have or gets behind ideas that have broad support. We're seeing some evidence of what they mean after Trump's endorsement of a criminal justice reform bill. On Wednesday, Trump officially endorsed the First Step Act, a bill he says includes reasonable sentencing reforms while keeping dangerous and violent criminals off our streets. The president, known more for slamming Democrats than working with him, also said today's announcement shows a true bipartisan is possibility. Uh, liberal activist Van Jones said this. Uh, uh, let me try to see if I can find his actual thing. It's um, give the man his due. Uh, give the man his due. Donald Trump is on his way to becoming the, the uniter in chief on an issue that has divided America for generations. Congrats to everyone on both sides who have fought for this first step act. So nobody said that they wouldn't give Trump credit 
when he does something right. It's just that he very rarely does anything right. My my problem oh. is that Van Jones is is going so over the board to 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 pat this man on the back. Carmen, a uniter in chief, off of one possible possible bill he might sign. Like that he had no input on, by the way. Right, right. Like like it, it would be one thing if if this was something that a president went down to Congress and said, hey, we should hammer this out, as Barack Obama used to do when he was president. He would actually work with Nancy Pelosi and work with Harry Reid and say, hey, this is our legislative agenda. What can I do? How can I help? we got to get this stuff passed, yada, yada. That is That was being a uniter-in-chief. What Trump is doing is saying, "Oh yeah, I guess I'll sign this thing if it comes to my desk. Whatever." Well, is it going to give me? Is it going? Is it's going to give me to shake hands with a popular black liberal? So it make me look good for black people. Yeah, allegedly. They, I, that's what I was going to say. Will the blacks vote for me? Yeah, that's what he did. That's literally what this is. It's the same thing with the Kim Kardashian thing. Trump is a guy who wants a celebrity praise. He wants that because he knows that Barack Obama got it. So Trump is basically signing on to something that, like you said. He has he had no pet impact in it, and the thing that makes you so mad about Van Jones it really makes you want to suck the fucking shit out of him when he says some shit like this. It's like you know goddamn well that even if this bill passes, Trump didn't do ten other things to basically negate it. From the idea of who he puts who he puts in as AG to everything else he's he's got going on, Trump is all about law and order. That is his campaign. That is the Republican brand. Do you really fucking think that this first step bill isn't going to be watered down when it gets to the fucking Senate to allow for certain? Like, I guarantee what he's going to do is he's going to make it so that, uh, you know what, you know, you know, whose sentences are going to get reduced? People from the opioid crisis, white people. That's what's going to happen. It's not going to be this way. And and what bothers me so much is Van Jones is not one of these people who doesn't understand how the how laws work and how the government works. He understands very well how this shit works. He knows how it works. And he's sitting here getting a pat on the back because he gets to walk around the White House and get shit that, you know what, he did not get to do when he was... Like, this is... This is so much more about the fact that he he got kicked out of the White House under Obama... And now he's back into the White House under Trump. It's a it's a power grab. And I'm glad people are seeing through it. And when Trump's out of office, I hope Van Jones gets ran out of fucking town. Because he's so full of shit. And it drives me goddamn crazy seeing him say this shit. Because he's so fucking smug. And he acts like he's doing something here. But he didn't do shit. Like he actually, uh, later on he went down and tried to say something about the idea that... Um, He's doing something that oh, 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 that uh, that Obama didn't do. But the bill says here, right here, the House passed bill focused on reducing prison uh, prisoners. Uh, uh, but the new Senate package includes language that lowers mandatory minimum sentences for drug felonies, including the three strikes penalty from life behind a bar to twenty five years. The bill would retroactively apply to the apply to the Fair Sentencing Act of twenty ten, which would be under Obama. Which would reduce the disparity in sentencing guidelines between crack and cocaine offenses. The bill will also allow judges to, in some cases to issue sentences for lower level crimes that are shorter than mandated minimums. Um, like okay. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Sessions rolled back a lot of the, the things that Van Jones said that Obama didn't do. 
Jeff Sessions rolled them right. back. You can't roll back something if it wasn't there in the first fucking place. So how are you trying to sit there and say that Obama didn't do this shit when very, very clear we have evidence that he did, that the same guy you're praising here had an AG that he put in place to roll that shit back? What are you doing? Like, I want to I took the shit out of him. If I ever fucking see Van Jones in the fucking street, yo, I'm taking the shit out of him. I'm sorry. Yo, so that's what gets confusing, right? It's like, it's like oh, Obama didn't do anything. Here's all the things that Obama did that Trump is putting back in place. Isn't that great? Wait, what? Why weren't they in place in the first place? What happened to them? Oh, he appointed one of the most racist lawyers in American history to be his attorney general. No big deal. United in chief. Uh, I'm reminded of the story of Trump when Putin won an election. Something happened in Russia. And they had to hand Trump a note card that said, do not congratulate. (laughs) I feel like Anytime Trump does anything, we just need to hand Van Jones that note card. Do not congratulate. Right? Because like, e- even if you have a base desire of, oh, this is a good thing. He did a good thing. No. Do not congratulate. He's doing the barest of bare-ass minimums. No. Is this a net good thing? Yes. Does he need to be congratulated for it? No. Do you congratulate college students for reading? You don't. So why would you congratulate Trump for this? Do not congratulate. Mm. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, <sighs> I don't know. I I, I just that's like that's like seeing a kid crash their or break their toy or whatever, and then. They halfway put the toy back together and say, look what I did. And it's like, oh, you did such a good thing. You broke it in the first place. Yes, you should fix the thing that you broke. What are, you, what are we doing here? What? Whatever, Van Jones. Uh, um, I, I feel less and less worse every day that Obama fired you. Maybe he was always looking for a reason to fire you. And that, eight, that hit job they did on you just gave him the reason. Like, okay, fine. I can get this thing out of my house finally. Yes, go. Bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I just you're a fucking he's, he's a fucking piece of shit, yo. I just I I don't understand. Like he goes out of his way to praise Trump. That's the thing that kills me. You're going out of your way to praise him when he hasn't actually done anything. He hasn't actually done any work. He's basically said, I mean, yeah, sure, I endorse it. So if the if the Senate passes a bill, I'll sign it. He has done absolutely no work and has shown absolutely no indication in any of his speeches or any of his policies that he's actually about criminal justice reform. Doubtful he knows what he would actually be signing in the end. That's a good point. He doesn't care care about policy. Um, And if you try to explain it to him, his eyes glaze over, which, you know, understandable because, you know, some policy walks is hard to explain, you know, how things work or how things are intended to work when you're passing, um, think about the pass legislation, but still he, he doesn't get the concept of anything having to do with governing and policymaking. So it's really like talking to a brick wall. That's actually a good point. Uh, I would bet money that Trump has no idea what's in actually in the first step act. I guarantee you he has no idea what's in it. And he and doesn't Van Jones. know what's in his own security briefings, <laughs> and they continue—they have dumbed down his security briefings to—they're not even pictures anymore. <laughs> they read him a bullet point. 
And even that doesn't keep his attention. What the? I get, he doesn't know what's going on. What the? Oh, this is so yeah. frustrating. And to the extent that he does, his name has to be in it mm-hmm. for him to care. Yep. Uh, speaking, so there's another thing, wrapping up some stuff that we talked about uh, in 2018. I, I think we brought this up a couple weeks ago. Um, we were talking about like black Republicans who, they, no, no black Republican actually has a come up. But there actually was one black Republican we could all name that that could actually does, and it's Ben Carson. And um, we got some Ben Carson news here. Uh, ben Carson High is like having Trump's name in our school in blackface. Detroit board member says, "If anybody Jesus Christ, <laughs> say that again." Okay, hold on, hold on. Ben Carson High <laughs> is like having Trump's name on our school in blackface. Wow. If anyone represented what a Detroit high school student could become with proper dedication and focus, it was Ben Carson, or so the thinking went. He graduated from Southwest High School in 1969. Two years after rise in Detroit became uh, began to paint the Motor City as a dreary symbol of urban decay. He went on to become the world-renowned pediatric, uh, pediatric neurosurgeon operating on fetuses inside the womb and separating twins conjoined at the head. As Detroit was crawling out of the largest municipal uh, bankruptcy in U.S. history, Carson was launching a bid for the nation's highest office. He is a pre- he is a Presidential Medal of Freedom awardee and the current U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. With the last act, Carson Carson foray into politics and is associated with President Trump. That has, a de- has Detroit school board members calling for someone to pry, pry the letters of the high school that bears Carson's name off. Um, it is synonymous with having Trump's, Trump's name on our school in blackface. Detroit school board member Lamar Lemons told the Washington Post when asked why she, he is leading the charge to remove Carson's name. Carson is doing Trump's bidding, and he has adversely affected African American the African-American community in Detroit. We'll get into that later because I actually have a, a, an, an article on what, what, what Carson's HUD is actually doing. Um, with his housing policy, Lemon said, and he's allied himself with a president that says that that says he is a white nationalist, since, and since dog whistles are even uh, even the deaf can hear, Lemon said the neurosurgeon's name was plopped onto the school while the city was being overseen by an emergency financial manager following the 2013 bankruptcy, skirting the more uh, ponderous process of determining whose name to the great to the grace of Detroit school. It wasn't always the way the, the uh, for Detroit, Detroit and Lemons when Carson came. Uh, I'm not gonna go the rest of this, but. Yeah, um, they don't want they don't want Ben Carson High named Ben Carson High no more, which can't really blame them for that. Yeah, this is going to sound really, really like sort of macabre and drear. I'm looking forward to Ben Carson's funeral, mm-hmm. only because I know that that whole thing is going to be a situation. Uh, yeah. Everyone who goes up to speak, provided it's not a private affair. It's going to be a whole lot of fake-ass, you know, obituaries, and he did this and this, and it, it has the potential to be a very entertaining event. Well, the thing about Ben Carson is he was a very gifted surgeon, but he was not good at anything else. Like when he speaks publicly, he's terrible. He's a gifted. He's a gifted person. Terrible human. Well, it's, it's the reason why it's called gifted hands, not gifted mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, nobody says gifted brain when talking about about Ben Carson. They say gifted hands. A nigga got hands. He ain't got nothing else. You know. All I know is I just want Doctor Dyson to do the eulogy. Oh God. 
Um. So okay, now I'm 100% in on this idea. Like, this needs to happen. <laughs> uh, so, so here's Calling what, it. Yeah, oh, God. Well, I, first of all, I don't think... Well, you, it, it has to be our own, like, Twitter, black Twitter eulogy, because there ain't no way uh, he's Dyson's going to Ben Carson's fucking funeral. Um, <laughs> so, uh, here's it from an NBC report. Under Ben Carson, more families, families live in HUD housing that fails health and safety inspections. I mean, this is what happens when you get a guy who has actually no idea what the fuck he was doing. Uh, see, uh, I'm trying to see the federal housing inspection. Uh, a federal housing inspection in February confirmed living conditions uh, in this one housing project were abysmal. Not just a, uh, this was one family home, but throughout the 52 uh, the 52 unit Section 8 development known as the infill apartments. The property scored only 26 points out of 100, far below the 60 points needed to pass mandatory health and safety inspections. The failing score was supposed to prompt swift action by the Department of Housing and Urban Development and the building's private landlord, who has a multi-million dollar federal contract to rent their property to low-income residents, according to records obtained by NBC News. With citations for exposed wiring, missing smoke de- detectors, and bug infestions, the infill units racked up 113 health and safety inspections, including 24 that the hub deemed life-threatening. But more than nine months after the inspection, federally mandated deadlines for action have come and gone, and residents say little has changed. The black mold keeps spreading um, uh, beyond the thin coat of paint that the landlord recently put up, uh, put on the uh, Brooks walls, and is now creeping up, up her couch. No matter how much he cleans, next door roaches crawl all over her neighbor's kitchen, where the ceiling collapses. Summer, the neighbor struggles to keep bed bugs from biting her one-year-old granddaughter. How could they let someone get away with this? Uh, asked Brooks. From his earliest days in office, HUD secretary has repeatedly said he joined the Trump administration to fix the rats, roaches, bud, bed bugs, mold, lead, and violence he witnessed as a surge in low-income con- low communities. Under Trump administration, the number of HUD apartments deemed cited for unsafe, unhealthy, and physically deteriorating living conditions has been on the rise. An NBC investigation has found that more than 1,000 out of the HUD's nearly 28,000 federally subsidized fam- multifamily properties failed their most recent inspection, a failure rate that is more than 30% higher than in 2016, according to analysis by HUD records. This kind of came up... The, the UN has investigated countries for less. Like, this is, this is inhuman. This was kind of brought up during his confirmation. That he was not qualified for this job. And he had no idea what he was doing. Remember, you know, they can't get this done. Remember when he, what was it, like a $30,000 desk he had put in his fucking office for his wife or something like that? Like, they're all scamming. Like, Ben Carson doesn't get the, 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 Ben Carson doesn't get the scrutiny that other, like, Betsy DeVos or other, other cabinet members do, like, Pruitt and all the rest of them did, because he's not, like, outwardly scamming like the rest of them are, and he's keeping it quiet, but that's because he's not doing any fucking work. And, and that's what scares him about the rest of Trump's cabinets. We're always paying attention to the ones that are so bad, we hear the, we, we, we hear something bad about them. What scares me is the one we don't hear anything about. The ones that, that, that aren't really doing their fucking jobs, but are collecting the paycheck while their work goes undone. Which is clearly what's happening at HUD right now. Ben Carson is not a leader. He has no idea how to run a government office, which I believe also came up during his confirmation hearing. 
that he had no idea how to run a government office. And so what's happening is things like unsafe living conditions are happening and nobody's doing anything for it. Like, this is a fucking ridiculous. Black mold? Black mold? Are you serious? I'm trying to sell my house right now. If I had black mold in there, oh, no, no, I, I, I think that's your fix. What are you doing? This, all of this. Like, I, I, I am... I am speechless. I knew about his, he's trying to essentially resegregate housing through HUD policy. Um, But this shit is just, yo, what the actual fuck? When this is all said, niggas got to go to jail for this shit, man. Like, people can die from living in conditions like that. Oh, it gets better. More failing properties also mean that HUD has a bigger caseload of troubled homes to oversee. And rather than beefing up the department staff to oversee them, HUD has lost hundreds of staff members in the wake of hiring freezes mandated by who? President Donald Trump. HUD's enforcement office tasked with going after the worst landlords now has the lowest staff level since 1999, according to a federal watchdog. At the same time, Carson's proposed raising rents on poor families, requiring them to pay a higher percentage of their income for housing, and the Trump administration has pushed, so far unsuccessfully, for steep budget cuts. The staff cut bus have made it more difficult for the department to identify and fix problems quickly. Currently, uh, cur- uh, pr- problems quickly. Current and former HUD employees say, while tenant advocates have long criticized HUD's oversight as being too lax, a, a dozen current and former HUD officials, both political appointees and career staff, also describe a climate of inertia under Carson that says it is undermining the department's work. There's no urgency on anything," said a current HUD official who has not to be identified for fear of retribution. I'm looking at some of the pictures that are in this article here. They're, they're atrocious. But this is the thing that happens, right? Because if, 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 if you have a landlord and you have this house, they're supposed to get that shit fixed. That is not up to you. But people will then go and look at low-income families and say, look at them, they're poor, they live in filth, like they want to be living in filth. No, their landlord is not doing what they need to do to, 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 to clean up their, their, their property. Mold? Yeah, if you're a landlord, you got to fix that. Collapsed roofs? Like what they did, apparently with the, the, the landlord, this multi, got a multi-million dollar contract. He, they painted over it. You can't do that. And it, 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 it just goes into the conservative pathology against poor people, right? Like you said, oh, you're living in squalor. They're depending on you to help them. If they're in HUD housing, that means that is their only option. They are depending on you to provide and protect them. And you have essentially said, nah, fuck you. But my homeboy here is a contractor and he needs a check. So I'm going to get him some cash. We'll paint over the mold. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Like, what the actual fuck? This is what pisses me off the most. Well, not the most, but like it's up there when it comes to the conservative movement. They... They love to invoke Christianity and they love to invoke uh, one nation under God. Jesus himself said, what you do for the least of these, you have done for me. They continuously shit on poor people. They continuously do not provide for poor people. They continuously shame poor people. They continuously abuse the people that need protection and help the most. 
and they have the off fucking dacity to claim that they are Christian and they have the off fucking dacity to invoke the name Jesus. Oh, you can't have an abortion. That's against the Bible. You, we can't do this. This is against the Bible. You can't even uphold the basic of base tenets that Jesus instructed you to do, which is to love and protect and to care for those that need help the most. If anything, if we were truly a Christian nation, we would have a stronger social safety net so that the government could do for those that cannot do for themselves, which is what Jesus's teachings are all about doing for those that cannot do for themselves. But they just want to sit here and act so pious and act so high and mighty and just shit on everyone that needs like these are people that need fucking help yo like they are it their houses are killing them and you're just saying whatever like yo this this pisses me off so much and this goes to yo elections have consequences this this shit was on the ballot yo mm-hmm. like this this shit right here was on the fucking ballot Yeah, we, between, oh god, this shit, like this shit just makes me so angry listening to it. Well, it's between this rumor, like again, these are these are the things that these are the people we hear about. Remember, we, between this, uh, people, like, oh, what do we need an environmental protection agency? What do we need the EPA force? Like, um, yeah, you know, HUD, all these things that people thought weren't that serious. You're now seeing. Here's the thing: they're not that serious when you have. You, you think they're not that serious when you have common people working, and so you don't hear about major issues. Because again, these issues have always been there, right? When you have somebody that's super incompetent, though, you now see what happens. You know, the the the, the Republicans are always like, "We don't want big government. We're gonna we're gonna cut some of these government agencies. They're they're not used because you don't use them, and you don't understand all the the impact that it has by getting rid of some of these 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 things. Like the reason I guarantee the reason why uh, uh, Ben Carson agreed to be HUD secretary is got him to be a secretary in the cabinet and he didn't think he had to do any work. He didn't he didn't require he didn't understand the work that had to go into being HUD secretary and what that work entailed. I guarantee you half the people that Trump put into office and put into their place. Uh, Betsy DeVos is one of those people too. He had no idea how to run a fucking, you know, educate, be an education secretary. And you see that from now. There's a new report that came out about the amount of money we're spending as taxpayers to pay for her um, security detail because she got heckled once at a fucking fundraiser. So now she has a 24-hour security detail as an education secretary. Are you fucking serious right now? Not to mention Tillerson, who was at state. Yeah. He's been to a lot of countries. Knows nothing about diplomacy. Yeah. Zinke, head of um, EPA, just criminally unqualified, just like their president, for the yeah. jobs that they're in. Because none of them thought that, all of them thought it was a good, cushy government job that pays six figures, and they didn't do any fucking work. Like, it's so fucking weird, right? Because it's like, it's, it's the poor people that they, that they, that their plan, their their policies affect are the ones they call lazy, but it's actually these people that are in these positions because they're fucking lazy and don't want to actually get any fucking work done. You have not seen one of these people that Trump has put in there be a tireless uh, work tirelessly to make sure the department is better. Every single one of them, when Trump was out of office, that department is going to have to bounce back. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the image of um, what's it, uh, Whitaker? The is he the the the, the um. 
the interim uh, AG, the guy who shouldn't honestly mm-hmm. yeah. be in the position. They did. They, they they he he did remarks. I think the DOJ or something like that. And they showed and they they took pictures of. Them, and they were like, normally when a new when an AG is speaking for the first time, like this room is packed, standing room only. It was so few people in there, because all these departments don't fuck with the people that are at the head of their departments. Because the people that are head of their departments are incompetent. This is the most incompetent. Like we talk about Trump. This is the most incompetent government we've ever seen from head to toe. It's ridiculous. These people were unqualified for all their fucking positions, and they're all they're they're all so completely out of their depth. Like another thing I saw from from Betsy DeVos is the whole um, uh, canceling Title Nine, her changes to that, and just her her her, her positions on sexual assaults on campuses on school campuses. It's just it's it's skin crawling. It's ridiculous. Just. Ugh. Anyway, um, all right, let's let's end on some more. Um, uh, actually, mm, yeah, I'm gonna save this one. I'm saying the Bill Maher one for last is not really funny to me. I want there's another person I want to fucking strangle, but we'll go to some more funny ones here. Not really funny. I did problem something on poop, so uh, I guess we'll 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 do that one. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Here we go. Can can we just trudge through Bill Maher so the last of the show can be more upbeat? Well, it's. It's comic stuff, so I don't know if you want to deal with it. It's comic book stuff. Uh, oh, fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. I just wanted to say real quick, Bill Maher needs to shut the fuck up. He um, he made Stanley's name out your mouth, boy. Right. Oh no! Oh no! What did he say? Television personality, uh, personality Bill Maher penned an op-ed on his blog railing against the comic book industry in the wake of the passing of former Marvel Comics publisher Stan Lee. Maher dropped lines like, I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could have could only get elected in a country that thinks comic books are important, along with mocking fans who were mourning the loss of the beloved comic creator. But then 20 years ago or so... Uh, 20 years or so ago, something happened. Adults decided they didn't have to give up kid stuff, Mar ranted. And, and so they pretended that comic books were actually sophisticated literature. And because America has over 4,500 colleges, which means we need more professors than we have smart people, some dumb people got to be professors writing th- theses like the other, like other, other, otherness and heterodoxy in, in, in uh, Silver, Silver Surfer. I... Bill Maher, shut the fuck up. Like, the Bill, Bill Maher is someone that fancies himself smarter than he actually is and blames the ills of society on people not being as smart as he is. When it actually all Bill Maher is is just a liberal bigot. He is a bigot with liberal leanings. Right. And he sort of told on himself in that op ed when he brought up the what was it, the, the, the thesis on the heteronormity of Silver Surfer or something like that. Right. You're telling on yourself, Bill, because why would that be a bad thing? thing right if we're if we're about diversity and inclusion why would that be a bad thing we turn to we turn to fiction all the throughout history we've turned to fiction to glean uh morals uh to glean discussion to escape from the traumas of the day tom king's vision isn't just a comic book right dan slot spider-man isn't just a comic book that iron sights bullshit that uh diversity in comics put out uh, yo, someone actually did a live t- uh, a live tweeting of that whole thing. Holy shit, it is worse than I ever could have imagined. <laughs> like, it is it is bad. Like, not just from a storytelling standpoint. It's bad art. Like, it's so shitty. Anyways, um, 
like those aren't just comic books, right? They they are pieces of fiction that are telling a, an arc, a story that people can relate to, that people can glean discussions from. Marvel's Champions is not just a comic book. It's a story about kids navigating the world and navigating their own sense of, of justice while applying their own sense of social justice to that. Right? Like it, it it's not just that. These worlds, these fictional worlds that are being created, people glean things from them and they can relate to them. Spider-Man is an important figure to a lot of kids growing up because he can be anyone under the mask. And at the end of the day, he's somebody that tries his best, works hard pushes himself to the absolute limit and always saves the day. How can people not like look up to that? Like, yo, that's some, that is someone that I would like to be. Superman is supposed to be the embodiment of the American ideals of truth, justice in the American way. He's someone who, who will always do the right thing, who won't compromise and just awesome. And even in the face of corrupt governments, high Lex Luthor, he still holds to his beliefs. Like, yo, these are things that can inspire us. Well, but you want to take the passing of Stan Lee to say comic books are dumb, and because people like comic books, we have racists. Fuck you. Like I appreciate the one thing I will say. I, I want to thank Bill Maher for doing this after Deepam and I did our Stan Lee episode because, God forbid, if we had done it before, then we would have spent an hour just roasting this motherfucker because he's so fucking stupid. You're right. Stan, Bill Maher is, is is he makes his show is for people who think they're smarter than they really are. And he is, thinks he's smarter than he really is because he's really fucking dumb. Anytime you hear Bill Maher talk about anything, you realize that he has a very, very limited view and understanding of how anything fucking works. But then, like you said, the idea that you put fucking Stanley Lee's name in your fucking mouth. The reason why everybody points out and is so affected by Stan Lee is you have to look at the time and when he came up with some of these characters and what he did and how he came up with this idea. Stan Lee is a man who wrote in the 60s in, in just about every comic he wrote, wrote that, that little uh, that denounced bigotry and racism in a, in a comic book in the 60s. He created, he created you know, T'Challa, the Black Panther. When, and then when, when Marvel wanted to change the name because it's like, well, well that's kind of kind of close to like the, the Black Panther party, told them basically go fuck themselves. He's, he's being called the Black Panther. You know, this is a man who created characters like Robbie Robertson you know, side characters who, in, and, and it, I, when we did our episode, I just thought about this, it's like, you know, Robert Robertson is, is the guy in the Daily Bugle who, who for the most part, knows Peter Parker is Spider-Man but doesn't say anything, but is also the moral center of, you know, of, of keeping Jay Jonah from going too far, right? He made that guy a black man. He could have made it a white guy, didn't have to make it a black man. Made it a black man on purpose. Stan Lee has been talking about diversity and inclusion since the beginning. He's created characters to show that. He supported that. He supported his fans. He's always said things like, you know, Spider-Man can be, it was, yeah, sure, Peter Parker's white, but Spider-Man can be anybody under the mask, right? Can be any of us. His whole approach to comics was basically saying that anybody can be a hero. Anybody can be a hero. He created the X-Men, which were allegories for the civil rights movement. You know, it's like, how dare you form your mouth to, to, to wonder why people feel some kind of way about Stanley passing. And the only thing I figure is, oh, you needed attention. Because Bill Maher doesn't, doesn't when Bill Maher dies, nobody's going to give a fuck. You're not going to get a good send off. What is, what is, what is the lasting, what is the lasting thing people are going to remember from Bill Maher? That you were a bigot? 
because you are. That you were that you were Islamophobic because you are. That you would you would clown liberals because they were too PC. That's what that's what you're gonna be remembered for. You're gonna be remembered on the wrong side of history. And now you're getting mad because Stan Lee is gonna be remembered for the rest of his for, for, for all of eternity through his actions and the characters he created as being on the right side of history, knowing that you, Bill Maher, are going to die on the wrong side of history. Go fuck yourself. And I'm tired of like I'm serious. If you if you listen or watch Bill Maher, you're part of the fucking problem. Because he is not intelligent. He does yeah, so like we can we can just dead any any presumption that Bill Maher is to be taken seriously on anything. Yeah, because I because I, I want to make sure like it's very like, I've been fucked Bill Maher. I don't want to. I saw somebody said there's like why are you always giving you know giving credit to anything Bill Maher says. He's been he's been saying the shit about he does the same shit about Muslims. Like no no no, it's always been fucked Bill Maher. It's been fucked Bill Maher for a long time now. And this is not even the final straw because it's, it's been like this for a while. But I just want to say just once again he's proving himself again. To be a terrible piece of shit. Stop supporting terrible pieces of shit. That's all I got on on, on Bill Maher. Um, let's see where is this article I had? We can get our ah here we go. Um, so here's a title for you, uh, a headline: My white Airbnb uh, Airbnb guest pooped all over my bedroom, and the police took his side. Despite the critiques they've gotten from the black community over the last few years, I've always been a ride-or-die Airbnb fan using their service on a monthly basis. If you're Los Angeles, pairs. Oh, let me skip over this. Let me see. We get to uh, this year. I had two spare rooms in my home, and in the span of a week, they were both attracted to long-term rentals. One was a researcher from Italy who needed a place to stay for two months while he worked in the National Archives here in D.C. Another was a quiet, frail, blonde guy who looked like Bill Nye, the science guy's son, and needed a room for three months during a transition. As a woman living with two strangers, let alone two men, wasn't something I'd normally do, but I planned to barely be home over the next few months. Plus, both guys seemed super mellow in their correspondences. And on the days that they moved in, I had friends come over to sniff them out under the guise of girls' night on the couch. My friends had already become accustomed to this routine, and as, I, uh, as soon as I book a guest to stay in my house, they would get a text that essentially announced to, hey, girl, I need you to come over tomorrow and meet my new roommates. And let me, let me try to get to the actual thing. Let me see. Where, where are we at? Today? we got to get to the poop. All right, here we go. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm trying to get to the part where, um, anyone who has lived in my, lives with me knows I never leave my bedroom door open. So immediately I was confused when I walked over to the threshold. I noticed that the chair in the front of my vanity table was covered with black clumps of dirt as if someone had borrowed it to change a light bulb, but neglected to wipe out their shoes first. I made a note to send a stern word, a sternly worded text in the, in the morning to both tenants about never going into my bedroom to borrow my chair. Then I noticed that the dirt on both the vanity and the chair looked odd. Instead of, instead of being soft and granny or like dirt, it was wet and mushy. When I leaned over, I noticed something red and said to myself, wait, why does it look like it's un, an unjust, undigested kidney bean? Is that the second that I realized that I was looking at wasn't soil at all, but it was human feces. There were lines and piles of it lying in clumps all over my bedroom floor. Um, let's see. From what I remember, I knocked on the door of my Italian research about any pleasantries as did you go into my room? When he came to the door, he looked like just as confused as I did. And I had, he said, no, but I noticed your door was open yesterday. To which I responded, then why did this uh, pile of shit in my chair while waving, waving the said chair in his face? He looked at me like I was a mad woman as he ducked away from the caked up cushion 
and it's one lonely kidney bean. The horror in his face let me know that he was probably wasn't the culprit. Well, I said a word. I stormed off, uh, stormed off downstairs to my bed, uh, my basement bedroom, with the confused Italian uh, trailing uh, behind me, wearing nothing more than an oversized T-shirt. When I banged on the basement door and opened it to to scream at Nick, my other guest, whose name I have no qualms sharing, his frail figure emerged from the darkness. Nick, I said in a strained voice, "Do you have any idea why there's piles of shit all over my bedroom?" Without skipping a beat, he nonchalantly said, "Oh no, I've done this before. I got drunk and blacked out." His admission hit me. What? Right, right, right. His admission hit me over hit me over the head like a ton of bricks because as a black person, I know for a fact I don't have the luxury of going to a white person's house, taking a dump all over their stuff without the threat of being called an N-word or even worse, getting shot and killed. That's just one of the many things on the list that black people know better to even think about doing, very specifically because we are black. Nick clearly had never had to live within such boundaries and actually looked at me like he had needed instruction on what to do next. First of all, I've done it again. Like the first the fact that that he's, I've done this before. I've got drunk that, and blacked that, out that and shit. That's what out to me. That's what stood out to me. This is not the first time. So I don't know how I don't know how y'all get down, but me personally, if I ever got so drunk to the point where I shat all over myself and the furniture around me, I might want to seek professional help. So as I think do about not, this. You're blackout drunk, but you're steady enough to get in the crouch position and shit on this woman's chair. I look. I've been blackout. Can I just say I've been blackout drunk before? Hey, I went to college. Been blackout drunk before. Can I honestly say I've never not shitted in the toilet? I, you shit in the toilet, guys. Like it's not that hard to find. I, you know what I do know. I can understand if you went to the bathroom and made it there and somehow it got a mess. How do you go into somebody else's bedroom and shit there? You know it's not your bedroom. You're in the basement. How'd you end up upstairs? How? Um, it took me a few minutes to realize that my guest from Italy was sitting in the living room staring at me with bugged eyes as he tried to make sense of why the guy was wiping piles of poo uh, piles of poo upstairs while his Airbnb host sat on the couch looking homicidal. You can go to bed. None of this is your fault, I told him. Then added, sorry for waving the poo in your face earlier. Uh, he, got, he walked past me up the stairs. America is a strange place. He mumbled more to himself than to me. Um, let's see. Uh, when I gave my composer, I got up and found Nick in my room. Wiping up the turds on the floor with one of my... With one of my T-shirts, and yet again had to woosaw away there to lay hands on him. When he was done, he got up and gave me a blank stare, then airily reminded me of the church shooter, Dylan Roof, then averted his eyes and slunk off without any more of an apology. This went on from being angry to being scared. Okay, wait a minute. He cleaned up the poop with one of her shirts. And then said something about uh, Dylan Roof? No, 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 no. She said, she looked at it, he gave her a blank stare, and she, she said it reminded her of Dylan Roof. Oh, okay. But like, I'm pretty sure assault is justified in that instance. Yeah, I'm mad that she didn't kill him and then call the police. Not gonna lie. That's where she fucked up. Like, first of all, like, how did you clean up if you didn't use any cleaning supplies? It's human feces. That's a health hazard. You need to get rags. You need to throw things away. You need to get. You need to get cleaning. You product. need to burn it with fire. Pretty much. And have him pay you for everything that you've lost. Um. 
this is disgusting. Like, there's not a level of hell for this that I can think of. I'm trying to see. Or maybe there just needs to be something, like, so ridiculously stupid that maybe that is its own level of hell. I don't know. After uh, so, This is so gross. I'm just... Yeah, it, I'm it, in shock. It's ridiculous. Um, she, uh, she actually left the house because she felt like... She wouldn't feel safe there because, again, I don't blame her. It's like, yo, listen, you know, this goes not from... one punch couldn't throw one punch at him. just what at well, least a, try to kick his shin well just, no well you gotta think about what she's saying here she basically says that he gives she he's she was like she i'm skipping over some of the stuff she's getting incel vibes from him like the vibes of like dylan roof and people that like no you don't get in a physical fight with the dude because you don't know what he has so yeah no she, she what she actually does is she calls he texts her friend and she runs out the house and she does not stay there the night because she does not feel safe with this dude in the house. Cause she's like, again, which again, okay, that's I valid. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can't blame her for this. Cause it's like, like the idea that this dude is, would do something like this and just not have, not have any understanding of how, how, how wrong this is. And you got to think about the, these white dudes. Like, yeah, no. Um, after four hours, it seemed like Airbnb was finally wor- working on my case in earnest. So my friend and I drove back to the house and called the police to meet us there. Coincidentally, we drove past a cop car just one block away from my home and figured he'd probably be dispatched to us and show up in a few minutes. Boy, were we wrong. It took the cops 45 minutes to drive one block over from where he had been parked. I wonder if we interrupted his nap, my friend quipped as he stepped out of his car, looking like he had just finished Thanksgiving dinner. From the onset, we knew he wasn't taking us seriously. When we went to the, in the house, he was gone for five minutes, came back in actually smirking. Apparently, the same Nick who had been glassy-eyed with me that morning has somehow morphed into puss in boots for the police and played victim and gotten the cop to feel bad for him. All those, uh, all those measly five minutes. He's a really sorry, man. The DC officer explained. He's so humiliated. I think the kid has a drinking problem and doesn't even remember shitting all over your room. All we have is your word for it. Plus, this, this isn't even illegal. That last part made me chime up and point out that defacing property is most definitely illegal. And Nick had already confessed, so we were past the if he had did it point. The cop looked dejected by the news of the confession and tried another tactic. He's harmless, he opined. While I I was in there, he asked what he had what he would have done to you if you had been in the room. Uh, while I was in there, I asked him what he would have done to you if you had been in the room when he busted in. His response was, "I honestly don't know." And that when I told him, "You're small," so she probably would have whooped your tail. The officer chuckled at his own uh, at his own joke as I stood there, red faced with my hands balled in a fist. Let me get this straight: a 31 year old man admits to you that he doesn't know what he would have done to me when I had been peacefully sleeping in my own bed when he broke into my bedroom, and rather than alar- be alarmed by that confession, your response was assuring to me that I, the big black woman, probably could have, would have been the bigger threat. Yeah. Fuck the police. There are no good police. What the... So this, this, this cop saw this hulking black woman and who, who was violated, right? Like, this dude came in and shattered in her house, violent, and said, well, he's sorry. He didn't mean anything by it. it. Wasn't even illegal if he did it. Like, yo, no, fuck, fuck that shit. Fuck that shit. I. So what? What? What did she do next? Right? Like, because um, it can't just end here. Like the 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 cop didn't do shit. So there's that. 
She says, as for Airbnb, after I had my own teary-eyed chat with a senior member of the solutions team, they agreed to pay me for the entirety of Nick's three months' commitment, sent both me and my Italian guests to a hotel for the night, and are paying for the cleaning crew that showed up in the replacement for all my shit-stained property. As for Nick, well, apparently he was able to book a new Airbnb room within hours of this incident and is now staying with an unsuspecting soul who has no idea that he's using, he uses the bathroom in random places when he's drunk. Yeah, what the fuck? I got nothing. Dog, I got nothing either. Um, but woman who this happened to, if you're listening to this show, um, let us know. We we this guy's still in the city, right? I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, be, I'm assuming something can be worked out. That's ridiculous, yo. This is like. But like, but, not, but again, this dude shot in her house, acted like she was the problem, and the cop said, "Well, you know, you are big and black." Like that's, that's what the cop said. It was like, "You are big and black." So now, now imagine, 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 imagine if I was staying in some white woman's house as an Airbnb guest, it broke into her room and shit in the room. I'd, I'd probably be dead. I'd probably be dead. Like, what are we doing here, guys? It's fucking ridiculous. <sighs> All right. Um, last two uh, articles, and they're kind of funny. So I feel like um, these are these are cautionary tales. Um, well, I guess technically these are three cautionary tales about don't get too drunk during the, holiday, during the holidays. Because the last one, the guy apparently got drunk and shit. Which, by the way, I, I don't believe. I don't believe him that he got drunk and got too drunk that he passed. I don't believe that at all. Um. Anyway, um, here's one. Uh, police lock up angry raccoons drunk on crabapple hooch until they sober up. Apparently, Rocket Raccoon got into uh, got into Thor's uh, Thor's uh, wine sash. Reports of rabbit raccoons terrorizing a West Virginia neighborhood turned out to be exaggerated. The, raccoon, the raccoons didn't have rabies. They simply found some fermented crab apples and apparently are rather surly drunks. We have had calls on suspected rabbit raccoons twice over the last two days. Uh, turns out they appear to be drunk on crab apples. <laughs> There's this part of release on mugshot of one of the mass uh, suspects. The police recently hauled in two drunk raccoons, although catching them was a community effort. After the animals sobered up, the, the officer released them into the woods unharmed. Ah, oh, god damn it! Got to got to at least give them credit that they I, didn't feel for their I, lives. I'm so confused. How did I? What? I mean, so they captured they kept so they captured them and kept them locked up. Yeah, they put they put the they you know they put them in the drunk tank. You know, you hold you hold. You How know, you, did they figure they were no longer drunk? I guess they weren't stumbling. You know. It's just, but it's, it's just to show you that the, the steps that people, you know, again, this is West Virginia, so I'm going to say white people will go to to protect animals versus imagine if this had been a drunk black person. Ain't no way now. Oh, oh, then it shot him on sight. Like, right, that, that person would be dead. Oh, Johnson. That nigga was on PCP. It's like, yeah. No, 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 no. Another drunk story. I uh, love this one here. Drunk man goes on clothing shopping spree, orders peacock, pig, and salamander. 
a man in China woke up with more than just a hangover Sunday after allegedly splashing out on a, <laughs> splashing out on a peacock, a giant salamander, and a pig while drunk. Uh, the man said he went online to buy clothes during China's Black Friday sales uh, style Singles Day shopping event in a Chinese social media post that had been shared more than 22,000 times. In the early hours of yesterday morning when I was drunk, I clicked on, uh, I clicked on the link and started shopping. All along, uh, all along, I thought I had bought two sets of clothes, the unnamed man wrote. <laughs> Suddenly, I remembered to look up the delivery date on my clothes, and I realized I had bought a pig and a peacock. <laughs> now, look, we've all, we, we've all bought like things that we don't remember. But I really need to know where you go to buy a giant. To, to buy a, can you buy a pig in a in a in a in a in a, in a peacock? Like where do you? What site do you go to to buy both of those online? So clearly, this is something that he had thought of before. Yeah, because like, this we, is an yeah. idea he had that his drunk self enabled him to uh, to make the purchase. It's like you know, because uh, when you're when you're when you've been drinking, like your inner inhibitions come out. So it's like he was in there, like, You know what? You know what? I'm gonna get that peacock I've been looking at, and you know what? The peacock needs a friend. I'm gonna get a pig to go with the peacock. He's been thinking about it for a while, and he went out and bought a pig and a peacock. I just be careful with your or black friend. Or maybe while he was drinking, a salesman approached him and said, "Hey, you look lonely. You know what you could use? A pig." But the pig will get lonely if uh, if you just buy the pigs. You should buy the pig's best friend, Peacock. <laughs> Look, Black Friday is coming up. Just don't beat this guy. Make sure you buy what you need, not the animals you don't need. If you're buying, like maybe that's what it was. He thought he thought he was buying a coat that was stuffed with peacock uh, feathers, and he didn't realize it was actually a peacock. Like maybe that was it. I just don't understand. Um. But on a serious note, too, with Black Friday, don't be the people that shop on Thursday. Don't do that. Don't shop on Thanksgiving. Do not go to the stores that open up on Thanksgiving. Please do not do that. Do not encourage bad behavior. Stop. It's already it's already bad enough that Black Friday sales are already happening now. You know, especially online. Like you're already, like it's not Black Friday if you're getting if I'm getting them like a week before Black Friday. Like it's, there's not. And granted, I've gotten some good deals on something. I just bought a whole new. I, I, I bought um, this uh, study guide, this, this whole this whole class thing for uh, you know my AWS stuff. Bought it for nine ninety nine. It's supposed to be two hundred dollars. So, like, so I'm getting some good oh, deals. Oh, you on that too? Yeah. You got that sale too? Oh, you, nigga, listen. The Udemy sale, nigga, listen. Nigga, I thought it was nine ninety nine. I said, huh? Because yeah, let me let me get a little bit of that. So, like the last few days, I've been doing my my architecting on AWS class. And I'm, I'm the first day the dude was like, well, this isn't really going to help you with the test. I'm like, then why am I paying? For, why, why is my, why is my company paying for this shit? Fuck this. So I went online and was like, okay, what's the best? And I looked at them. They were selling for nine ninety nine. I was like, let me go ahead and get that. And I got the study guide questions. I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and do that. You know, and shit, I might buy, I might buy some more just because they're nine ninety nine. So <laughs> just buy all of them and then I'll, I'll get the changes when I need to. So. But yeah, no, no, nigga, I, I bought that shit because I was like, yeah, okay. Stuff like that is fine, but don't go, do not go to the store on Thursday. Honestly, don't go to the store on Friday, to be perfectly honest with you. You don't need to. You can buy all that shit online. So, yeah, please don't do that. Please. You know, 
You don't want you want to spend time with your families. The idea I was seeing some people. I, I saw somewhere where their Black Friday, their their Thanksgiving sale started at two p.m. I'm like, that is Thanksgiving dinner for a lot of people. What are you doing? Right. What are you doing? You mean your workers don't get Thanksgiving off now? That's absurd. They sure don't. That's absurd. And not only do they not get it off, a lot of like the 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 push now is they're not even giving them time and a half for working on Thanksgiving. Like it's just another day that they're being pressured to work on. Fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. Like do not um, do not do not encourage that bad behavior. And that is definitely what that is. That is definitely bad behavior. So please stop. Do not do that. So um all right, folks, that is it. That is uh, it for the insanity check. Uh, we will be back. I, I, there will be an insanity check, I think, probably right before the end of the year with uh, us doing the 2019 movie preview. Uh, we probably will record that. What we'll be putting up on the feed instead, um, I, I haven't gotten the official okay with this, but I, I'm, I, I feel confident enough in saying this. We're Basically, uh, Koki and P-Funk did record four uh, Molecules and Shit episodes, so I probably will be re- releasing two more, two of those this, this month and then two next month. Uh, on the days I, on the Saturdays I usually record uh, release insanity checks, so uh, I'm more than likely we'll just be re, uh, returning. You, you guys will still be getting content. You'll just be hearing from uh, them instead. So we're putting that on the free feed for everybody instead of doing it on premium. So um, that is how we're going to be uh, going out of 2018, at least on this side. And I'm doing this so we can open up on finishing up our character corners, Super Tuesday recaps, and uh, we have a shit ton of movies and premium shows to record before the end of the year. So this gives me more time to do all that stuff as I try to deal with closing out, selling my house, and other stuff too. So, um, Justin, can you tell folks where, what you got going on there at Three Fifths? Uh, we're wrapping up the year as well. Um, we have a bunch of stuff recorded for Rolling 12 that'll launch in January. Um, also, a little fun thing that'll drop in February. But right now, we're just closing out the year. Uh, I think we're going to take our Christmas break in this after the show we recorded December. Um, but then, yeah, 2019, we're back. Hopefully, uh, better than we were the year before, as the year before that. And we appreciate everyone sticking around with us. We appreciate uh, all the support. And we appreciate you for having me on the show. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah, no problem. Anytime. So, and, um, Shanti and I are going to be recording a, well, two Scarecrows tomorrow. So, you'll be getting more Scarecrows on the premium show, premium feed before we get out. We're doing, was it Apostle and then Creep 1 and Creep 2? Yeah. Have you seen, oh, it's not a scary movie, but have you seen Outlaw King yet? I did. And I was going to, I think, um, I think Shanna also was seeing it. So maybe we can also get a, a, a review in for Outlaw King. And shoot, we probably need yes. to do it for, for Overlord as well. So, um, so yeah, we got, we, like I said, there's plenty of movies and TV shows we need to actually get reviews in. So there will be plenty of content coming out on MTR Network. So, um, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. And until next time, we will, uh, at least on this handshake, we will see you in 2019. Thank you guys very much. Peace.